Yeah, I already forgot what my bit was because I just ran into some unknown technical difficulties, but this is Robin Hood of Men in Tights, 1993 movie, Mel Brooks, written, directed, uh, had a few co-writers. I lost the tab. I lost the tab. No, I found the tab. I got the tab. Hey, I got the tab. J.D. Shapiro, or Shapiro, and Evan Chandler also helped on the screenplay, and they were those two were responsible for story. Evan Chandler has worked with Brooks before, I believe. No, bullshit, has not ever. J.D., hmm, let's see. No, he wrote Battlefield Earth. Rough time. Very rough time. Yeah, so, I like this movie. I like this movie a lot. I can't see my levels. I don't know what I'm doing. It's a bad time, team. It's a, it's not a great day. It's, it's, so the day itself has been fine. But just, um, I'm, I'm moving my chair, fucking armrest. Like, everything right now is not working out for me. The mic is a little bit too low, so I'm kind of crouched down to be in front of it, roughly. So, yeah, I just hard time. But Men in Tights is... I think the natural progression and refinement of Mel Brooks movies. And I think that that is most obvious once you go back and you see them in order, especially kind of the, the, the two movies, the, the two big movies that are, are still out there on the field, which I believe are History of the World Part 1 and Spaceballs. These are all huge movies of... I don't I don't actually know the numbers for Men in Tights, but Men in Tights was huge when I was a kid. And I think that's part of why I still like this movie a lot. Is that I was old enough. I was old enough to get basically all the references in this this movie. The only one that I didn't get was um Loxley and Miguel, and I got it today. I got it this time. And I fucking I laughed. I legit laughed. Alone in this hot room because I didn't think to turn the, the air conditioner down. Cause it's also very loud with the headphones that I use. It's not, it's not helpful. I can hear everything through the headphones. So I can hear the AC. My AC vent is really loud. And, and sometimes that takes away from the movie. So generally I have the AC off or it only runs slightly. So it's warm in here. It's warm. And let me, let me turn my headphones up. Is this my headphones? Yeah, this is my headphones. This is better. I can actually hear myself. Cool. So Robin Hood, Men in Tights, and I'm still going through technical things. I'm not cutting any of this out. I'm doing the most minimal editing that you could imagine because I'm doing one of these a day. I just got it. It's like a vitamin. Just go, 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 go. You ever seen the back of a $20 bill on weed? But no, actually, that John Stewart kind of leads me into Richard Lewis all the time because forever I thought they were related <laughs> as dumb as that is. And Richard Lewis had some really kind of, kind of things, you know, like, uh, when he asks Latrine, Latrine also played by Tracy Ullman, a tremendous cast. When he asks Latrine, you know, what was your name before Latrine? And she says, shithouse. And he's like, that's a good change. That's a good change. You know, like, he has those Richard Lewis lines. The part was almost written for him. If not, he made it seem that way. So, definitely very fun. 
So the, this the, the the wrapper for this movie is fun. It has more jokes and more references than things like High Anxiety, or at least the ones that I get. So it's more fun. The story is pretty trivial. The movie that it was aimed at primarily, even though there's references to plenty of other movies, including Man with the Golden Gun, again, I think. That came up recently when I was watching Mandy. That's weird. But that came up with um, the cutout of Sheriff of Rottingham. When uh, <laughs> when the face changes, that happens in Man with the Golden Gun with the wax figure of of Roger Moore's 007 when Scaramanger, like, I don't know, shoots the dick off of it or something. I forget exactly what he does. Maybe shoots the hand off of it. But, you know, in those movies, your hand is your dick. I don't know. I don't, they, they don't make sense to me. They got a guy named Cubby Broccoli working on that shit. I don't know what that's about. We'll find out. We'll get into 007 eventually. I don't know when. I, I don't have plans on a date, but I have I have uh, the movies available to me, I think, up until Quantum. So I think I have including, inclusive, Quantum, like, ready, like, on DVD. So, on DVD, that's all they are. So, you know, things. So there was a lot of fun things about this movie, but... In this viewing, what kind of stood out to me was how awful the stuff with Isaac Hayes was. It was pretty bad. And um, another thing that stuck out to me was how out of place Dave Chappelle seemed to have felt for a lot of the movie where he's not actually delivering a line, but his lines worked. It, it, it worked. He was the... So... Similar to this movie has a lot in common with Blazing Saddles. So similar to Blazing Saddles, they're playing uh, 1993 in like 1193 or whatever, you know? So all the references are contemporary. You get them. There's a, a Patriot arrow, you know, because it's like the Gulf War or Desert Shield or some shit. And they're fucking Patriot missiling every god goddamn thing. It's all over the news. And, you know, what else? Reebok pumps, right? Chappelle's like, <laughs> I'm running out of air or whatever. And then they do like a Bruce Lee fight because I think Dragon the Bruce Lee story was coming up or like Bruce Lee like made a resurgence. You know, I'm sure Kung Fu, the legend continues, was on TV. You know, 93, 93, 92, that was a weird time, right? And this came out on the heels of Kevin Costner's uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which I saw probably in 91 or 92. I was too young for that movie, I think. They burn a guy's eyes out or a bunch of shit. It's, it's, it's a weird time. But they straight call him out. Carrie Elwes uh, is how I'm going to say his name. is fantastic, and he is charismatic, and he can do whatever the fuck he wants. He's essentially reprising his Princess Bride role. And yes, I have a baseball in my pocket, and I'm trying to get it out. Yeah, it's the same baseball from the Sandlot episode show notes. I'm all over the place. Yeah, I don't know. That's complicated. But with Dave Chappelle, they were able to get a lot of stuff in, right? So when they're beating him up, and he's like, oh, somebody's getting video of this shit. You know, 91 were, the 91, 92 were rioting in LA. So Reginald Denny and then um, Rodney King, I believe. Were, were those two respectively. And it's a bad scene. It's a really bad scene. Um, yeah, so Dave Chappelle, he, he came through. He didn't have a whole lot of screen time, but you know when he was doing lines and stuff, he was doing okay. They 
I think they tried to make a character arc for him and then just cut it is really what it felt like because he's just a good archer at the end and he's like I'm a bad archer but they didn't they didn't work at it too hard so you know there's um how shall I put it standard movie plot type things that just fail spectacularly but I was busy watching the cast I was busy you know dealing with the references processing references you know laughing at jokes I, I these things did not occupy the forefront of my attention I didn't think about them at all until now until basically now now is what I'm thinking about it but watching the movie was just enjoyable but that could be understood that could be biased I have a lot of experience I've seen this movie several times I might actually even have the VHS somewhere so that's the, the kind of stupid that I like, you know? Roger Reese is super cool. He's just super fun. He's a great cast as well. I, I think that the casting in this movie did really, really, really well for the, the main kind of screen time actors. So Roger Reese is Sheriff of Rottingham or Nottingham or whatever. A very fun actor. Um, unfortunately, he has like um, a speech impediment, like speech dyslexia is the way that I would put it. And it's it's played for gags, and that's you know maybe less desirable for somebody who actually has any type of of speech issues because that that can definitely be very frustrating and very difficult to deal with. But he his performance is big; it's over the top. He knows exactly the movie that he's in, like a thousand percent. He is on the money. Most people are. So I think the direction of the actors in this movie maybe excelled compared to previous ones or or they got better right because i've seen some early ones so we have roger reese who i had also recognized in warehouse 13 and the west wing but i've also found out that he was in mantis and gargoyles and mantis was co-created by sam raimi fuck me up fam dom de Luis's cameo is great he does a whole he does a whole Marlon Brando Godfather thing, and they got a guy that looks like fucking Dirty Harry. It's really um, strange and goofy and off the wall. And it doesn't pay off in any real way. They, they don't fight them all the way at the end or anything. It just They kind of go away. But again, that's that kind of movie. But there's, there's a lot of good references, like um, the Arsenio Hall, you know, Woof, the, the Chop, right? FSU was killing it in the 90s in football. The Braves were doing pretty good in baseball, if I recall correctly, and those were the only immediate teams I can think of that come to mind that do the chop. But, you know, as we know now, how how things are going, not great, not great. The Redskins have, have changed their name because that shit's offensive. And uh, trying to get the Indians to change their name. I don't know where Florida State sits in all this. Seminoles, actual name of an actual tribe of actual people. I don't know if they're cool with it. I don't know if they actually pay for it. They might. It, there's a lot going on. I don't, I don't follow this. But know that in 2020 versus 1993, right, you, you wouldn't, one would not do this. And unfortunately, I don't want to make this a, oh, back then you wouldn't, today you would. But it comes up, it, and it's noticeable, you know, especially if you get it. In, at a sporting event, if you were a fan of one of those teams, you do the chop, nothing twice. But... We think a little more now, maybe. The interconnectedness of the internet has caused us to think a little more. And I'm sweating through this. I'm just eating, I'm burning minutes, and, and, and I'm creating heat. 
I'm not really advancing this episode any further. Amy Yarbeck, fantastic. I loved her in The Mask as well. I thought she was great. Like, her physical comedy is wonderful. You know, there's there's references that maybe kids now wouldn't get when, when they want to communicate to the villagers and they say, like, oh, we'll, we'll fox him. And they get a, a 12th century fox. That was funny. That was very funny because it was it was a fax. Oh, we'll fax him. But there's no, no one sends a facsimile any longer. They do do, <laughs> they do get a lot of um, the callbacks. They go down the laundry list right at the end in the last scene with uh, Sir Patrick Stewart. I believe he's Sir Patrick Stewart. And that's really fun because Patrick Stewart also knows what movie he's in. And he does a great job, hams it up. It's wonderful. It really is. And Patrick Stewart was hot shit on Star Trek. Uh, probably around 92, 93, he was picking up at Steam. Second season has an episode called Measure of a Man, I believe. It's in the second season. And that's the one. That's the one. If you watched that show and you loved it, you'll probably like TNG overall. If you're like, fuck this show, ain't never watch a Star Trek anything ever again. Just don't. Because it's kind of the heart and the soul of... The next generation, you know, Voyager was like, we're lost. And uh, the new Star Trek ones are like, guns, and jumps, and Chris Pine, and Zach Quinto, or Quinto. I don't, I don't know how he prefers to say it, but I would, I would go for Quinto. So yeah, so uh, I'm, I've thoroughly covered every tangent, I think. And I'm kind of getting up on, on time for most of these. I have a lot of references written down that I liked. I don't know that that's helpful at all. I don't know that it is because these are, I'm not able to explain why I like this movie. And I think the reason why I liked this, I like this movie still to this day is just because I saw it as a kid. I think that's genuinely why I still like it. Meta, Metascore is not good. Apparently IMDb has a popularity popularity rating and it's it's down it's not doing well so I don't, I, don't, I don't know but i like it i i don't i don't know what to tell you it's not it's not terribly smart but it's not terribly dumb either well i mean it's mel brooks dumb but dumb in a smart way or, or dumb in a dumb way it does both i think this movie just had to hit you at the right time and then as you watch it later on, you, you're like, oh, I remember that. I get that. And you still get this renewed sense of pleasure, this new, you know, renewed, what is it, endorphins that make you happy? This, this endorphin rush from, from understanding, you know, the, oh, I understood that reference. Quite literally, the Captain America response to the movie. So that's kind of where I end up on this thing, you know? That's kind of what I think. That's that's how I feel. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to talk about. Like, I just, I like this movie because I like this movie. There is no, there's no further kind of thing other than I thought it was funny. I cannot uncover any kind of science, or any kind of reasoning that would allow me to communicate Right, I'm not a science communicator that could get these 104 minutes to make sense to somebody else, to somebody who's never seen it. 
if an alien shows up and they're like, why is this movie good? And I'll be like, bro, I don't know. I saw it when I was a kid. I don't know. Like Ace Ventura is another movie that I saw around the same time. I believe Ace Ventura came out in 92. I probably saw it in 93. But Ace Ventura has this, um, it's a neo, it's a neo-noir. It's got a lot of modernity to an, an otherwise tired genre, the detective movie. People had not been making detective movies forever or, or noir, right? Curtis Hansen had to be like, LA Noir, uh, uh, LA Confidential is not a noir. It's just a crime movie. Because just that kind of movie did not hit with crowds of, you know, the 80s, 90s. Ace Ventura did because it was like a slapstick neo noir with all of the noir kind of things. There was interesting lighting in some of the scenes. But in general, you wanted to be able to to see Jim Carrey. And why I'm talking about Ace Ventura, I don't know. But I'm just saying that there's some science there. There's some mechanism where you can be like, oh, that's why I think this movie is good. Not for Men in Tights. Men in Tights does have a camera move, though. Like, an actual camera move. And it's immediately followed by a reference to The Clapper. And it's a good camera move. It's like a, a jib, a jib shot, you know, kind of thing. Or, or crane, maybe, if, if you want to go big. Because it, it is a pretty big move. And uh, then they made Marion does a clapper. And, uh, you know, there's callbacks. There's callback characters. The hangman from uh, Blazing Saddles. The uh, Brunhilde is, is basically from Young Frankenstein, if I recall correctly. And that's the other movie that I haven't even gotten to yet. Which is like an award winner. But there's a lot going on. I mean, it didn't make money. It was estimated 20 mil. And it... Uh, Got a, a USA gross of uh, only USA release, and it got 35 mil back, almost 36. So it did okay. But I like it. It's actually probably one of my more favorite Mel Brooks movies just because of the associations that I have with it and the nostalgia that is instantly, you know, comes rushing back. I love Carrie Elways. I, I, that's, again, that's how I'm going to pronounce his name. I thought that he was perfect in, you know, uh, Princess Bride, and he's he's just basically doing the role again, and that's what everybody wanted to see. I like that they're just straight going after Kevin Costner, and they do a, a few gags to a few other movies, and that's cool too. Like there's the whole the whole Godfather thing is like out of left field, a thousand percent. But then like the other kind of cast of character, um, a sneeze, Isaac Hayes, not great, Blinken. Had a moment or two, but was mostly falling flat, kind of extra slapstick. When you go too slapstick, if that's a thing that you can do in a Mel Brooks movie. Little John, I actually thought was fine. Uh, I, I, fun, even. Not not fine. I don't really think he's fine. No, he was a fun character. You know, uh, Eric Allen Kramer played him real big, literally and figuratively. And, and it was fun. But... You know, Will Scarlet and, you know, generic villagers and, and stuff like that. They just, they didn't do it for me on this watch. I think Will Scarlet's supposed to be like a Doc Holiday. I think that's maybe a reference to Tombstone or something, even though he never says he's anybody's Huckleberry, but they do reference that fucking uh, Robin, <laughs> Robin Hood is dressed as Mark Twain. Because again, the, the, the references are, are out of time. They are anachronistic. They are of our time. 
And somebody's like, that's not Robin. That's not Robin Hood. That old man looks like Mark Twain. And I'm just like, yeah, he does. You know, but it's that that kind of, you know, maybe that it guides your thoughts, not down the path of that's not possible, but more like, let me examine this. And let me, yeah, I guess this is a science. I guess we're, we're making science as, as we will. We'll call this a social science of bullshit. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bullshit artist. And um, that's a callback or a call forward as it would be. I haven't talked about that movie just yet. But we'll say that the, the idea here is that you get X, Y, or Z crazy reference, but instead of trying to examine how that reference got into the movie, it's quicker and easier for your mind to then kind of process and identify the reference. And then you get that, that pleasure of, of guessing the thing. Right there's that feedback loop where there, there's the beats of references, and you got to keep them going. Not too many, not too few. Spread it out a little bit, switch it up, that kind of thing. So you know, we go. I believe we go straight from the Godfather crane shot to Marion doing the clapper, and that's great because you have like a hot second where she's at the outside of a castle, the exterior of a castle, and you're like, okay. We're back. We're back in fucking Sherwood Forest or whatever, Sherwood Castle. And then instantly she walks in and she does the clapper and turns on the lights. And now I want a clapper. Like, do people still make the clapper? I don't know. But I, I want to know. But I'm sure it'll just turn on and off at random sounds. So do I want it? I, maybe the, the wanting is better than the having. But yeah, I did a, a tiny bit of science. I talked about a hundred things that don't fucking matter at all. And uh, that, that's where I'm going to end this. I'm going to turn this off here. Again, at CoolMarkD on Twitter. At MarkD20 on Letterboxd. Be nice. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Black Lives Matter. See you on the next one. I don't know what the next one is, by the way. I run a a script that it, it picks it randomly out of an array and I just remove movies as it goes. So, see you on the next one.